right, those are three things you guys need to know, and I um, want you to hear about that. We have a hangout next week. When we do a hangout here at Lakeside, if you've never been to one, we just basically hang out. We cater food. We bring food in. It doesn't cost you guys anything. You come ready to eat, ready to hang out, ready just to connect, because we believe church is all about relationship, number one, with God through Jesus Christ, but number two, with each other. And if you don't know the people that you come to church with, what's the point in showing up? We might as well watch it on TV. Amen? And so we want you to come hang out with us. The second thing is, is that we do have Go Deeper, which is something we do um, starting every week. Um, today, we'll, we'll start our first class if anyone's interested in staying. We bring in food for that. We have child care, but we have four classes to help you grow in your faith. So if you're interested in growing and you're interested to know um, who Lakeside is, who this guy is that started a church over here last year, and, and what do you guys believe? It's a chance for me to get to know you, you to get to know me. They're about an hour after church. And then the third thing is, is Axe Lakeside Anything. And so there's tinyurl.com slash Lakeside. You can ask anything you want. No questions too hard. You, there's real questions out there. There's a lot going on in the world. Um, some people ask some really funny things, and I appreciate that. It makes me laugh. But what I do is I just, we take the list and that kind of the most, the three most asked questions. You know, they might ask them different ways, but we'll try to go through as many of those and, um, you know, there's real questions out there, and I believe that God has real answers, and so we'll go to that to the best of um, his ability. So those are three things you need to know, but now we're going to go in, and we're going to um, go into week two of Made to Belong, and so would you guys join me and pray um, with me? God, you are good. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the one who saves us, the one who keeps us, and God, we're interested in meeting with you and hearing from you and so, Holy Spirit, we want you to speak today. Jesus, help us to grow closer to you. Heal the brokenness in our lives and put the pieces back together. And comfort us, God, and teach us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going through a series that um, I've called Made to Belong because I do believe that we were made for community, which is why we do things like the Hangout. And one of the part of our, our mission here is we do want people to fall in love with Jesus we want them to find a church family. We want people to belong. We want them to live in freedom because, you know, there's no sense in being bound up. God doesn't want you bound up. He wants you free, and he wants you to be active in your purpose. And we th I think being made to belong is a huge piece of that. If you need one of the inserts, you can kind of follow along, or you can follow along in the Bible app. They look like this, but David and some guys are bringing them around. Um, but you can follow along with the message in there. Now, this week, I had some news that kind of hit me a little bit hard. Um, see, when I first got saved, and, and I wasn't in a church, I didn't get saved in a church. I got saved in my house. I was praying with my mom, and Jesus came, and he met me. But I knew two things instantly that have never changed in my life. The first one was, is that I really believe this. If I believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, he's the one that keeps me and saves me, then I should tell somebody else. Because if I'm not telling somebody else, then I probably don't believe it. Because how could I stand before God and say, yes, I do believe, and watch a million people around me go to hell? The next thing I decided was is that I got to go to church. Nobody had to force me. Nobody had to invite me. I invited myself to church, so I started going to church. So I inserted myself into church. I went there and I said, here I am. I'm saved. I'm going to be there. The door was open. 
Chris was there at church. You couldn't get me away. I was there during the week. I was, there was a building project going on. But any of the ministries that I could be involved in, I could, they would pull me in. And so one guy, Brother Tyrone, he led the choir. And so we had a choir at that church. It was a little bit different. You know, it was multicultural. But we had a choir. And Tyrone, if you think of the name Tyrone, that's probably what Tyrone looked like. Very large man, my African-American uncle. I mean, he was just awesome. Tyrone pulled me into the choir. One day he said, come on, you're going to join the choir. I said, all right, let's go. And so I showed up to the choir. I can't sing. Tyrone couldn't help me, but he sent me there. We tried out for a day or two, and he was like, you might need to go somewhere else, brother. But Tyrone was just an awesome guy. I mean, he was just cool. He loved the Lord. He wasn't perfect, but Tyrone was dealt a very bad hand in life. Tyrone passed this week. And when I say he was dealt a bad hand, um, he went to church all the time. He loved the Lord. He did about everything that you could do, do it right. There was nothing in his life that you could point out and say, hey, this is why God is judging you. This is why things are are going bad. But Tyrone, because he was so big, he's about 6'4", and probably, I don't know, about 6'4", wide as well. I mean, he's just a big dude. His car broke down on on US-1. I-95 turns into US-1, down to the Miami, that's where I'm from. And so he was a big guy, and he's out behind his little car because he had this little car that he drove to the airport where he worked. And he was so big that he... um, he covered up the taillights. Somebody came and rear-ended him, took off both his legs. Tyrone didn't give up. Tyrone was still in the choir in his wheelchair. Tyrone was still singing the Lord's praises. He wasn't dealt a fair hand. And then if that's not bad enough, because, I mean, that's just terrible, right? Tyrone's wife couldn't handle it. And Tyrone's wife left him. So he's got no legs, no wife, a couple of kids. But every week he's in the choir. Every week he's singing. Every week you give him that microphone and he'll wheel around and he's happy and he's smiling. I mean, he, he did about as best as he could, but he was dealt a crappy hand. But he played that hand well. And so I don't know what hand you've been dealt. You probably weren't dealt that hand. I don't see anybody here with both legs missing. But your hand might be bad in some ways. And I promise you, if you play that hand well, God is faithful. You don't get to pick the cards that come your way. And sometimes it's fair and sometimes it's not. But you play your hand well. Man, I got got dealt a bunch of good cards in my life. Some of you have been dealt better cards than me. Some of you have been dealt worse cards. Things haven't been easy, haven't been perfect but we play it well. And that's what we're talking about is how do you play your hand well? Well, one of the things I want to go is in the book of John, chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. This is Jesus speaking in the book of John. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snap them, snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. You know, there's something called grown man strength. Have you ever heard about it? If you're young, if you're under 18 years old, it just happens. Grown man strength is the fact that even though when I was 16 years old and working out in the field and lifting coconut palm trees and 70-pound bags of fertilizer and dragging them around, because that's what my dad made me do, 
I was strong. I was much more in shape. There was not really a belly there. But grown man strength meant my dad just had this grip, this strength. And it was really hard to get something out. Like, he wasn't as strong as he once was, but he's strong once as he ever was, that kind of thing. Like, he could put it on you. And Jesus has that grip. He says, no one can snatch you out of my hand. And I, and I play with my kids sometimes where we'll play a game where they want to get a toy or something and, and they'll try to grab something out of my hand. And it's just not happening. It's just not. I got that grown man strength. I sit at the desk all day at my computer at work. I don't work out like I should. But I got a grip for at least 30 seconds that very few kids are going to get it out of my hand. And if you're old, you kind of know that too, right? I just had my birthday today. I'm 37 years old. That means 40s right there. That means the grown man's strength is dying down, but you still, you still have it. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He says, you are mine. You are my sheep. So when you get dealt those cards, and over here I got some cards. When you get dealt those cards, come over here, you three that I spoke to. We're going we're gonna to try this out. It's my birthday, so you can't make fun of me if this doesn't work, all right? When you get dealt those cards... Come here, Jonathan. We're going we're gonna to play some poker, all right, in church. Is that okay? If it's not, there's forgiveness. There's grace in Jesus Christ. So we're going to give some cards, and we're going to see that it doesn't matter. Just hand them out. Just deal five to them. Start over, you know, like you're shuffling. And you can see I got big cards, all right, for those of you whose eyes are a little bit older. And you can see different people. Hold them up, guys. Don't. We're not playing real poker. Come on, Jason. Show them that way. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. Now, you can look. Each of these guys were dealt, dealt a different hand. Dealt. What kind of word is that? Dealt a different hand. We got our brother four aces. Man, you must have had two parents that loved you. They both had jobs. There was not, a, there was not any health issues. They weren't divorced. And that's true. It's true. He's dealt that hand. He has to play it well. Do you know to whom much is given, much is required? Then we got other people over here. Brother, you got a pair of deuces. But you played those deuces well. All right. All right, that, that's what you got. And Dan, oh, Dan. He almost had a flush, guys. But almost doesn't count. But you play that hand well. And you know, in Jesus Christ, that's all you're accountable for, but how can you play that hand well? It's by knowing that God has you in his hand, that God will not let you go. I like watching. I don't play poker. I don't bet. I'm too cheap. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm not talking about whether it's a sin. I'm just cheap, and there's no way I'm going to do that. All right, I'm not losing money. I don't got enough money to pay the bills I do have, but, but I like watching when people bluff somebody who has a good hand, and they have garbage, which well, is a garbage hand, as far as I know, because I don't really play poker. But, you know, you can bluff that hand all the way to the end sometimes and win. And with God, the only way you can lose is if you give up. You will always win. But sometimes it feels like you're bluffing because your legs get taken out from under you. Sometimes literally, like my friend Tyrone, and sometimes figuratively, like stuff that's happened to each of us. Sometimes you get abandoned, but he promised to never leave you. Now, if you got a hand like this, which I think this worked out pretty well, don't you, Jason? He didn't even want to come up here. But you play that hand well. 
bet big, go big. Give your life to something greater than yourself. But you can only give yourself to something greater when you know one greater has his hand on you. He says, no one can snatch you out of my hand. No one. The hand of God is upon you. Now, how long do you think I can have him stand there? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I appreciate it. Can you give them a hand for coming up and, and doing that? You, you, you have... Thank you, brother. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. But, but you have your hand. But you play your hand well because you know his hand is on you and no one can snatch it out. And the first point is if you believe in Jesus, you belong to Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, you belong to Jesus because that's what he requires. He requires our faith. All he's asking for is a little bit of trust. And do you know what happens when something belongs to you? They, I, I love re- reading research studies, and some of y'all think this is boring, and that's okay, but, but they've done some studies that if some guys, they, they, they'll have a bottle of wine or something. That's what the study was on, all right? You're talking about poker and wine. Oh, God, you guys are all going to leave. But this was what the t- study was on. If they had a bottle of wine, they were saying, no way would I sell it for less than 100 bucks because it's mine, and I own it. But that same bottle of wine, and it could be wine or sneakers or, or a TV or a car, it doesn't matter what it is, but that same bottle of wine, if it's not theirs, I'm not paying more than $35 for that. The fact that you grabbed it and you put it in your possession instantly makes it more valuable to you. Why do you think they do those, hey, 90 days, you could try it out in your house, take this mattress and sleep on it for a little while? No payments for 90 days. If you don't like it, send it back. Because they know the second you get it and the second you make it yours, it's more valuable. In Christ, God has made you his. You're you're more valuable than you realize. If you believe in him, you belong. That's yours. See, I love kids. I love all kids. But I'll put up with things from my kids way more than your kids. I love my nieces and nephews, but there comes a time when they must go home. (laughs) My kids are always home because they live there. I'll change their diapers. My nieces and nephews, no, because I don't have to. Here you go. But you're God's. You belong to him. You're valuable. You're precious. You have... Things can mean something to us. How much more do you mean to God if you believe in him? And that's how you can play that hand out. That's how you can look at that garbage hand that you've been dealt. And some of you have been dealt garbage hands. Some of you, like Tyrone, he didn't earn any of that. He was a good dude, did everything right. But he played it well. And I just think of the day he, when he passed, he passed, I think it was Thursday or Wednesday. But I just picture him closing his eyes for the last time and opening them and having his legs back. And that brother could sing. So you know he let out a song and he rejoiced and he danced around. And I mean, I just, he played it well. Play your hand well. The next thing here, and I love this scripture. It says, this is in the book of Isaiah chapter 49. Can a woman forget her nursing child? that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb. You know why they put woman there? Because dads probably could. All right, I'm not anyways. I'm just saying, just a little joke. But we all know when the baby cries, mommy gets a little bit more antsy than daddy sometimes. Because mommies have that, that motherly instinct, at least in my house. With our new baby, 
Baby cries. Mommy hears it across the house. I'm like, what? The baby's crying. All right, I'll go get her. But can a woman forget her nursing child? No. That she should have no compassion on the son of her womb. But even though these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Some of you need to hear that today. And I love this. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. This is a book of Isaiah written hundreds of years before Christ was crucified, where the nails were put into his hands. And he says, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands, and your walls, that which will protect you, are continually before me. The walls continually before me, meaning I'm constantly figuring out ways to protect you. But, but what I want to say is you are engraved on his hands. He has those scars. What did he say to Thomas? Thomas said, I'm not going to believe unless I can touch the scars and put my hand in his side. And Jesus was like, go for it. Somehow the Son of God, the perfect Son of God, has a scar on his hand. And every time he looks at it, he remembers you. How he does that, I don't know. But if you believe to him, you belong to him. And, and he put that scar, those scars there. And you're precious. And And you might be saying, but I was dealt this hand. Does he really care? Just trust. Play it to the end. Play it well. You're not responsible for the cards you didn't get. You're only responsible for the ones you do have. Me, I'll do something. If you ever see this, it's not because me and my wife are having problems, but I'll let you in on a little joke or a little trick. I have to remember so many things. I work full-time. I have five kids, and I do this church stuff, and, you know, I got all kinds of stuff. And so if you ever see me do this, I put my wedding ring on the other hand, it's because I got to remember something long enough to write it down. All right? That's my trick. It's on my hand. It annoys me. I hate having my wedding ring on this hand. But my wife knows if I got this, she's like, What's, what do you got to write down? And so I'll go, and I'll write it down on my to-do list, just so I can get it back to where it's supposed to be. Because if there's something on your hand, you remember it constantly. I can't do anything. And so you'll see me throughout the day. I'll be out in the yard, and I'll remember, man, i got to send that bill. And I'll flip it over until I can get inside and get somewhere and pay the bill or, or write it down. And because you'd never forget. That's where you are. Jesus said, no one can snatch you out of my hands, and I've engraved you on my hands. If something's in your hand, it's on your mind. Very often, very few times do you forget about what you're holding on to. Even this being here, just for the few minutes, it's annoying me. I have to put it back on the other side because I recognize it. Now, you don't annoy God, all right? But, but he recognizes you're there. He knows what you got going on. And he's with you every step of the way. We got a couple more scriptures I want to get to right here. If you go to the back side, it says, this is out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 4 through 6. It says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? He won't leave you, and he won't forsake you. The words for leave and forsake, I I put the Hebrew words, because this comes from from Joshua, 
the story of Joshua. If you don't know the story of Joshua, Joshua was the guy after Moses. So you probably have heard about Moses and the Red Sea and and leaving Egypt. Well, eventually Moses was going to die, and he had a big job of leading millions of people. And so now Joshua, his understudy, his apprentice, was coming up to take over, and Joshua got a promise from the Lord saying, Joshua, don't freak out. You're special to me. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's powerful, but the the words, they mean, I will never let you sink. You ever feel like you're sinking? I will never let you, I will never relax and forget about you. I will never let you drop. I will never lose you. I will never be remote or absent. Do you know your own family will do that? Your family will turn their backs on you, and you don't even know why. It just will happen. You know it's true. People that you love, people that are supposed to be there. I think of my friend Tyrone, and he just lost his legs. Hang out for a year, at least. I mean, legs are kind of important. You might need some help around the house. But God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never be absent. I'll never be remote. There's people in this room you've had, you've had people in your lives just disappear. That's not the God we serve. This should give you confidence. You should play your hand well. What would you do differently if you knew God was with you? How would you live tomorrow? How would you live today if, if you knew you had nothing to be afraid of? Not that everything would work out perfectly. Not that you would never get hit by a car. Not that your wife or your spouse would never leave you, but no matter what would happen, God would never leave you. That's what you got to think through, because this is not fairy tales. This is the real world. This is a real God, but there's still drivers out there that will run into the back of you. There's still people that will give up on you when things get hard. But the God we serve never will. The last scripture I want to get to, it's out of the book of Hebrews, it's chapter 12. It says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, everyone who's gone before us, up there Tyrone is letting it rip. If you could hear this brother, he, I don't know, if you remember taking it back to the 90s, if you were a believer in the 90s and there was a guy named Ron Canoli, anybody know what I'm talking about? If you don't, just ignore me. But the brother could sing, he could let it go. And he's up there, he's singing right now. We're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, people that have played their hands the best that they could. Not that they were all dealt aces, but people that never gave up, that never lost heart, and stayed until the end and won. You can win in Jesus if you don't give up. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Run with endurance the race that's set before you. Take off every hindrance. Back then when they did races, In that time, they'd run naked. In a sense, I'm telling you to run naked for Jesus, 
but not in like the real way. All right, don't do that. That's crazy. But in the sense where you're naked, where there's not a thing in the world that holds you back. Where there's not a, not, you're not worried about your pocketbook. You're not worried about paying your bills. You're not worried about anything in this world more than serving God. That's crazy. People don't do that anymore. People don't live that way anymore. But that's how you play your hand till the end. Um, the last thing right there is give him the best of your life and not what's left of your life. Now, what do I mean by that? My wife made birthday dinner last night because he knew Sunday was going to be crazy with church. When she does that, she made exactly what I wanted, made it well, cooked it to me, took the first plate of food and said, happy birthday, honey, here you go. She gave me the best of the meal. My kids, they'll give me what's left. When they want dessert, daddy, could you finish this? It's vegetables and the fatty part of the meat and the beans if they don't like them and all the stuff that's left that they don't want, let's give that to daddy. Daddy, you'll eat it. And most of the time, I will. Because, you know, you get older, your taste buds die or something. You're like, all right, fine, vegetables, I'll eat them, thank you. But we treat God that way. Instead of giving him our very best, giving him the first fruits of our life and our time and our energy and our heart, we do everything else. We live, we work, we save, we buy toys. I'm in it too. And then we come to God and we say, all right, God, here's what's left. It's all yours, God. Here, I'm giving it all to you. You're not giving it all. You're just giving what's left. And that's not, I mean, if we're serving God, I mean, we're not back in the days where you took the best sheep out of your flock and sacrificed it up to the Lord. I'm not saying that, but could you take the best of yourself your best energy. Like, I, I want to give a shout-out to our dream team, the people that showed up here today for the second time we were in this building. Man, these guys, can we give our dream team a hand? They show up, they set this place up. I had guys call me up on Monday, the day after Easter. They say, Chris, I got an idea how we can make it easier, how we can make it better. And let's go to Lowe's. And this one guy, David, I'm not going to point him out. You won't know who he is. He's over there, but I'm looking this way. But he did this, and we went, and we, um, he built this cart so that we could roll stuff around here. Just make it 20 minutes faster, because 20 minutes is 20 minutes. But he's given his best. He works two jobs. He has kids and grandkids and all this stuff. Yeah, he's a grandpa. Ha, 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 ha. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you, David. David's leaving. He's never coming back. But the point is this, is you give God your best. These people, they give them what they have. They're the best of their life, the best of their time. The Saturday morning or the Sunday morning, I mean, the time that, that you have, do you donate it to God? Do you give it to God? I can't answer that for you. I could say I've never found a better way to live. I could say I'm better when I give God my best instead of what's left. But I promise you this. When you give God your best, then it's in his hands. And what have we been talking about? Nothing can ever snatch it out of his hands. 
You are engraved on the palms of his hands. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. That's the God that we serve. Please, that's the God I hope you serve. I'm going to invite you just to bow your head just for a second, just to reflect just for a second, because maybe there's some of you out there that you feel very alone right now. God doesn't want you to feel alone. He said he'd never be absent, he'd never be remote. Maybe there's some of you out there, you've been playing the hand that you've been dealt, but you feel like you're alone in this. God wants you to know you're not alone. Maybe there's some of you out there that you don't, you don't know that you're in his hand. You've never given your best to God. I'm not saying be perfect. I'm saying the best that you could do, your, your very best effort that you're running, your best. But it's a time of reflection because God doesn't want you to leave here beat up or feeling lonely. This whole day has been about the fact that he loves you. So if you've come in feeling lonely, let's leave a different way. And if you've come in feeling away from God, let's fix that. If you've come in and you've not been giving your best, guess what? We could start right now. It does not have to be the same because God is here. He said that. He'd never leave or forsake us. But if you've been feeling lonely and you've been feeling distant from God, would you just put your hand up right now so I can know who I'm praying for right now? Amen. Those hands that went up, God doesn't want it that way. He wants to change that today. If you've not been giving God your best, you haven't been playing your hand well. Maybe you weren't dealt four aces. Maybe you got the pair of twos. But you haven't been playing them well. If you've not been giving God your best and you're willing to admit it and make a change and receive forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Would you put your hand up right now? Amen. I'm going to invite you all just to stand with me. If you put your hand up, or even if you didn't, you can say this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I've not given you my best. I've been giving you what's left. Forgive me. Today, I ask for fresh grace and fresh power and fresh love so that I may give you my best. Because you gave me Jesus. And he was your best. Amen. God, I pray for everyone in this room. Let your love, let your grace, let the truth of Jesus Christ, let it come alive in hearts. Empower people, strengthen people, and let your grace and your mercy fall on them. Let your love be with them. 
God, let them not leave feeling kicked down, but let them leave feeling filled with faith in you, God. Trust that you have engraved them on the palms of your hands and that you will never let them go. In Jesus' name, amen.